0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of AVFC Extra. I'm James Rush, and today I'm joined by Martin Lawrence. He's Who Scored's head of content, and yeah, he's here today to talk about one thing, and that's the uh, big issue that's on all our minds. It's uh, about Aston Villa's positive new era and how they move on from a uh, he who shall not be named. And how they spend the hundred million he's left behind, but yeah, of course we have to speak about Jack Grealish. But we move on to the the positive new chapter that Villa have got. They've got Emmy Buendir through the door. Ashley Young's comeback. Uh, we got Danny Ings and, of course, Leon Bailey. Uh, myself and Martin also spoke positively about the the rumor of uh, Todd Cantwell coming in, and we also kind of challenged that. And uh, we asked uh, Martin and his big recruitment brain of who he would bring in uh, if he wasn't spe- if he was in charge of actually spending all the money. It was a really positive chat, and I hope you enjoy. it. Hope you're not too sick of hearing uh, Jack Grealish's name either, because uh, yeah, we're moving on to a new chapter now and uh, up the Villa. Hope you enjoy the chat.
1: You are listening to AVFC Extra, a no-nonsense look at the club we all love, brought to you by the Clara and Blue podcast. It speaks volumes that I've, I've just had a third child. Yeah, uh, literally a few weeks ago, and that that hasn't been the most stressful thing in my life right now. So, that, that's, it says a lot. But uh, I'm 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 all right. I'm better than I thought I'd be. I, I guess I think. Yeah, I mean, I
0: had my well, just to show. Off, i had my little season ticket come through today, well, and look, let's talk about it, man. Because there was a part of me going that realised, and we have to talk about it again. Mm. I am not going to see Jack Grealish in a Villa shirt, and we haven't seen him since before or at the outset of the COVID pandemic. That yeah. hurts me, and I, I don't know how you feel about it.
1: Yeah, that's uh, yeah. It's one of the things that rankles the most, I think, and one of the things that I think a lot of. Villa fans would have been hoping would keep him or would encourage him to stay. Maybe not. That would be the main reason, but mm. certainly an incentive to stay, to, to have one last season in front of the, a, a full house uh, or close enough. Um, it's, that is a, a massive, massive shame because we are headed in the right direction. It, it was a, it was a massive opportunity, but we, we have to move on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that like you say, I, th- I think that was one of the most disappointing things for sure.
0: I think as well, what I'll be personally disappointed about because I know how much stuff you do, you know, for who, for who scored, how much you, you know Villa stuff that you promote from who scored. Mm-hmm. The Jack Grealish was always featuring in there quite highly, mate. So <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. We, we we need Buendia now to to kind of get the uh, seven point nine ratings and be in the team of the week.
1: That's it. Yeah. Well, Wendy is good for stats. We shouldn't be short on stats for, for him, for sure. Um, it was nice because Jack Jack shared a lot of our content as well. He uh, he obviously endorsed it. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of players endorse when they when they're being praised. But um, yeah, it was nice to get shares and stuff from him. I'm sure we still will, but not 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 at the club that I'd like it to be. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like you say, it is a, it is a shame in that sense as well. But we've got good players coming in. Yeah, Wendy, I'm really really excited about. Probably probably the most excited about of the new arrivals so far. And I hope in a way this sort of frees him up a bit even more. He obviously has to take on a bit more responsibility. Mm. But it was as much as it looks amazing on paper, when dear Grealish Bailey is tough <laughs> it's tough to sort of work your head around. They can they could play together, obviously, but yeah. it would have been very, very attacking. And our holding midfielders aren't amazing defensively, I don't mm. think, to be able to do that. So we change now. The one thing about Buendia that I like and I think is another thing that's a massive asset is his work rate. Um, and it's part of the reason, and I'm sure we'll probably get onto it, Um I think he may adopt a new role um, in time at, at Villa. Um, obviously, a lot of people are saying he'll, he'll be a number 10. He's actually never played there for Norwich, literally never started a game at number 10. But he has said himself almost like exactly the same as Grealish. He likes to play in the middle, like he likes to pop up in the middle. But I was always of the opinion that Grealish was better off the left. Um, and not and Daniel Farkle was obviously of the opinion that's true off of Buendia off the right. So that'll be interesting, because it is it's a juggling act now, isn't it? Because Leon Bailey can obviously play either side, but he's had a very, just had a very good season off the right. Wendy has played off the right, so you would then expect maybe had to play centrally, but I, I personally I think he could play as an eight. I think we we might see that just because, to my mind, Dean Smith's favourite formation is still four three three. If he has the personnel to do it, um, and I think he'll feel like he does now. Uh, so yeah, it will be interesting because I was looking at the formations that we have played under under Smith, and it's basically changed season after season in the Championship. It was four 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 one one or four one four one. <laughs> Last season, it was very much 4-3-3 and this season very much 4-2-3-1. So they're, they're similar formations, don't get me wrong. No, no radical changes there, just slight sort of nuances. But with the signings that he's made, particularly Danny Ings, um, it will be interesting to see if we're going down a new route. Uh, yeah, it's going be, gonna to be very interesting to see that first game. It would have been interesting to see... The severe game. Obviously, we don't know what's going to going on there. I don't know who would have featured in that game anyway, but it would have been interesting to see the formation more more so, I think, than the new signings almost. Um, yeah, to give you an indication of what he's starting the season with. Yeah,
0: and no, you know there was every chance, I, I guess, that we could have seen. You know, I don't want to lay on TV because I don't I don't know if it would have been worse to see him. He, you shall not be named in a final pre-season game alongside your Bailey and your Buendia and your possibly your But, you know, I guess this thing has been on, on the cards for a while. And we're here today to speak about hopefully an exciting new era for Aston Villa. And I think the best way to do that, Martin, is to look at kind of how we have got here, mm-hmm. what has happened. So the, the sign you made, you know, you're Ashley Young, you're, you're Buendia um leon bailey and of course danny ing so it's, you know there's a lot to kind of take on there because any single one of those signings probably bar ashley young would be have been the biggest signing of the summer for a number of clubs and villa have made three if not four of them because you know if burnley got or watford got Ashley, well, that's the biggest signing of their summer to be fair we all do respect he's, he's still um good enough for the top level um but you know you've added three alongside that who are marquee signings. Yeah. so a lot to digest and we have, we have done separate episodes on them, but together, it's about how they replace Jack Realish. Um Christian Persler spoke about it yesterday, mate. He said, Obviously, the second the news dropped, he was there live uh speaking to Villa fans. And I wanted to know what you made of that kind of that that, that mm-hmm. chat from him actually. Um, what, what did you feel? Did you think he was gonna say, Oh no, reverse, he's coming back down?
1: Because actually, I generally did. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I didn't. I can't say I was that optimistic. Um, it was like it was good. I think a lot of people were calling for that sort of transparency. I think obviously yeah. we we follow Twitter, Villa Twitter all day. Um, so you, you basically saw the fans were basically split. We want, we want an announcement from yeah. the club about where we're going forward, and I think they probably took that on board. Whether they'd have done that anyway, I'd like to think they would, but I think they probably listened to to the voices as well. And there was obviously the 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 understandably bitter Villa fans who were like, "Do not do a montage of Jack Grealish." Yeah, so yeah. I think they softened the blow um, with the It Was the Purslow came first, wasn't it? And then the and then the Grealish sort of montage, I think. Um, So I think they just sort of balanced it out actually quite nicely. And I I think they've dealt with the situation well. I I certainly think the sort of signing, the shock signing of Danny Ings, which was just remarkable, um, how that was kept quiet, was smart. Uh, And clearly they got that done extremely quickly. And I think with this Grealish departure in mind, because there was obviously a delay in the Grealish move. And I think that was deliberate on Villa's part, uh, and they probably got some sort of agreement from City, in my opinion, conjecture, but that's just how it looks to me, Um, so that they could sort of get Bailey and then Ings in over the line. Um, Because it was interesting, obviously, all the noise before, especially when we signed Buendia, was, look, he's being signed to support Jack Grealish, not as a replacement. Um, But I think when we started to get linked with Bailey, I was like, "Mm." (laughs) hmm... I'm not sure i buy it now, to be honest. Um, and it, look, I don't blame them for saying that, but the fact that they, that Perslow has come out and said, look, we've identified three players that can sort of compensate for what we've lost in Jack Grealish sort of goes against what they were saying initially uh, in a way. I don't, I'm, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I don't mind being misled by the club too much, as long as it's with the club's best interest at heart. I always think that's fine. Um, not one of these fans who demands to know everything and for it to come out because we were so pleased that that Danny Ings signing was just kept completely secret yeah. that sort of stuff doesn't happen if you're almost too transparent with the fans I think sometimes um yeah yeah there's Absolutely. a line to draw. I think the other announcement of the day
0: was obviously Grealish City and it's been spoke about a length we obviously know it's happened and people are pretty tired of speaking right but i think the big thing for me with that announcement firstly as a jokey matter there was like a six second one and it had my, one of my favorite bands in um new order and right. his cars. you know he's looking at his cars and i felt you know when it's all, all that visual stimulation and the audio stimulation, you're like that's my favorite band that's my favorite player and that's this trademark you know it, it, it's it's tough to take car. yeah yeah <laughs> Before they recorded the breaking episode about Grealish, what Ash and Damadric about? What is if he turns around the M six now he's coming back? You know he's seen Bailey andings come through the door. He wants back in. I was thinking we couldn't act, we couldn't acquire these players without Grealish leaving for for a variety of issues. And it's not because we're bankrupt. It's, it's because you have to you have to organise these things in a certain way for it to be you know you know, to work essentially for a football club because no one's just, we've got rich owners, but we don't have stacks and stacks of, uh, Mm -hmm. of of cash just knocking around at the club. It's coming from the owner's back pocket. So it needs to be sustainable in that way. But also, you know, I was just thinking, no, he needs to go now, push him out the door because I want, I want this new era. I want this Aston Villa stuff to, I want this new thing to occur. I want Mm -hmm. the movements to be happening because, you know, as you said, do you think we will be buying Bailey, Buendia, and Ings, if, if, and I mean, fans can argue, yeah, would would have just been and it Grealish and that would be fine. But I think we're pushing, we, we're waiting the squad in a much more positive way, Martin.
1: Yeah, I think we are. Just that, yeah. Like you said, you have to, as much as as a fan you're watching it and you're seeing it being linked to all these players and you're still clinging on to Grealish and the fact that he could stay, and the, the sort of, the argument has been look we don't need the money like and we don't we definitely don't need the money but it is still a business you still need to be realistic um so when we were being linked with like I said there were, it was that Bailey one mm. I was excited with the tinge of <laughs> okay I think this is happening yeah, yeah. basically um so yeah but it was a, it was a profile of signing that was enough for me to be like okay I'm I'm all right <laughs> I'll live sort of thing and I, like I said the Danny ings one was the one that was just like, okay, I'm excited now. He's going, but I'm ex- yeah. still excited. So that's why I think they just played that to a T, really. Um, and hopefully, yeah, we've got there's, – there's, there'll be two more in the door. Um, Fingers crossed. I, I would hope I, – I, I think based on – certainly what you'd say based on what Perslow said in his, in his video, I would say maybe Cantwell looks unlikely. Mm. Um, I would be very surprised. I'm not – I think we could get him and it wouldn't yeah. be, it wouldn't, I personally, because it does look like you're just cramming in far too many attackers. I'm not sure it would be. I think it would still give you flexibility and he does play off the left. And all of a sudden we don't really have that many players that are great off mm-hmm. the left. Which most, most clubs do because they're usually right footers. We're now quite well stacked on the right. Um, but yeah, that's why I see obviously there's, there's options now, isn't there? There's Bailey can play on the left. Watkins can play on the left. Um, which will be interesting to see if that if that happens. Yeah. I don't certainly don't think they'll start the season in that way. Uh, I think Watkins would like to remain as a central striker, and he'll be given the chance to do so uh, until they feel maybe Ings is better placed. Or well, of course, Ings can play has played wide. I don't think he's got the same threat or skill set that Watkins does, or the same experience in that position because Watkins did play. Two, two full seasons, I think, at Brentford from the left. Okay. First, the first of those was very good, very, very good. Um, the noises were that they, they always saw him as a striker, but they had other players in place. Um, whether one of them probably would have been Scott Hogan initially, I think, if I'm right, which is mad to Sorry think back. <laughs> exactly. And then Neil, Neil pay as well. Um, so yeah, then he got his chance, but he, he was a threat off the left. Um, and his movement's good enough to play there, but I, like I said, I think he, he undoubtedly sees himself as a central striker, and Dean Smith has said on countless ta- times that that's his best position, I think, and that's and his, his sort of work rate from the front is what sort of probably wins that for him, but it gives you the option, doesn't it? Um, so it'll be interesting, and then yeah the, the, uh, there's too many permutations too many almost too many <laughs> options I, I can't get my head around it i don't think any Villa fan could really say with any certainty what system we're going to play okay. even, even um with twanzabi looking imminent there's talks of a back 3 don't see it personally really don't see it um i think that like again could do it which is great it gives you that flexibility and Having done a podcast for a while now with Jonathan Wilson who sort of rams home it's not about your best eleven it's not there's no such thing as a best eleven it's all about the squad um and I've come around to that idea certainly we saw that a lot in in the summer didn't we with England yeah uh it gives you the chance to tailor tailor your tactics to the opposition whether Dean Smith is that sort of coach I didn't think he was personally and i I would still sort of be reluctant to say that he is I still think he plays how he wants to play he's he's never really on too many occasions maybe when he played against Man City and that's it almost where he's thought we go defensive here we'll go a bit bit defensive he has he has played with a back three and five I think I looked into it I think he started seven games with a back three for Villa in his time at the club and they've won two and lost five so you would look at that as he's probably done that against the, the the stronger teams um but he's only played a front two twice, and that that was entirely forced. And that was, I'm pretty sure, that was Samata and De- Davis. Yeah, and I think even just considering that, how long ago was that? 18 months ago, something like that.
0: Yeah, it's still, it's still because it was the whole project restart. It still feels yeah. like it's just one big season. So it's like the start yeah. of last season almost to me. Well, but yeah, well, it, well, it's wild well,
1: that we were lining up with Samata and Keenan and Davis up front, and look at us now. <laughs> so, so yeah, but we need perspective. It's it's going to be it's going to hurt Jack this leaving. It's going to hurt for a while. Yeah, um, I love I love I loved him. Like he's, he's just <laughs> you can one. hear it in your voice, mate. You're <laughs> always <almost going, laughs> cracking <Yeah>. up. <laughs> he's an absolute joy in my opinion. Or um, well, he was. I don't love him as much anymore. But I like, I'm I'm in the sort of wishing well camp and, until yeah. he plays against Villa. Certainly, I, I got a hell of a lot of stick for for my comments on that a little while ago uh, saying that I thought he was probably the best player Villa ever had. I'd stand by it personally. I I accept that I didn't, didn't see Gary Shaw. I didn't see Gordon Cowan's um, in the flesh, but I agree. This is almost more of a footballer, more than a footballer, isn't he now? Um, That's why he's worth that amount of money, not only to Villa, but to Man City, in my opinion, he's, yeah. He's arguably the most commercial player in the world at the moment. He, yeah. he arguably is. You've got Gary from Preston, who's 42, who got a little bit too excited about panning to Jack Grealish warming up for England. You know what I mean? It, it was proper hysteria. Yeah. And uh, it took us all a bit by surprise as Villa fans because we've known it. Of course we have. Um, but, yeah, he's just, he's, he's a superstar. If he's not now, then he certainly will be. Um, yeah. So you're always going to miss that, but it's time now that we strengthen the squad. And I think I think the way they're going about it is the re- the right way. He's irreplaceable, so you have to do it intelligently. And I, I watched the video that you did with Josh Williams, who was saying the exact same exact same thing. You, yeah. You've got to, you've got to plug those gaps, and it was pertinent that. Perslow came out and basically said that you almost got the exclusive just from someone else. <laughs> yeah, uh, as a joke. He's just literally just been on to speak about Danny Ying. So I don't
0: know when this in, in terms of the timeline, when it, these podcasts come out, but i just like to you you've you've got it spot on there because mm-hmm. look there's eventually gonna be a time where and this, this separates the, the Grillish legend talk. We are just gonna stop talking about it. he's just yeah. You know, and you, you never stop talking about your Gary Shaw, I guess, and your Paul McGraw, because, you know, I don't stop hearing from my dad about Brian Little. I never saw him play, and my dad was very young when he was playing. So yeah. that's that's the difference, I think, is because of the choices made. It, it is what it is. And what I think, though, is that this could be really re- – this is really positive for Villa because they've landed that 100 million fee, and that essentially – Wes Eden said – there's a, there's a plan here, a 1.6 billion plan to make this club completely sustainable. And I only feel like this advances that plan now. And that plan was going to exist. You know, that plan was made when Grealish had a, you know, one of his massive calves in Tottenham ready to, to jump ship. So I can only feel like this advances that plan, Martin. And,
1: yeah.
0: you know, the, the money we have and that, that what that allows us to do now is move and buy and acquire top quality talent, because You've poached Ashley Young as he was making a move to uh, Burnley. You've poached Buendia as he was in the palm of Arsenal's hand for the best part of the year. Danny Ings has been taken off the table for either Man City Spurs or a top six side that wants him. Probably at a top six not side now, to be fair. You know, these are massively positive moves. And I think that one-man club, that one, um, you know, that that tag that always follow there, you can only play with Jack grill it's gone. and. Yeah we have a real chance here to not 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 just win the twitter banter of all of saying oh we can play that jack grealish but you've got the fact that you can and it the fact that you know you can and we didn't always know we could martin
1: yeah we, no, we didn't know that so yeah completely agree i think it's important as well just in terms of a message to move away from that even because i think even the signings we'd made if grealish had stayed people would still say you're all jack grealish it's all about yeah. jack grealish and it in in a way, it would have been just because, not necessarily because of his ability, but just because of what he meant to Aston Villa. Um, but the fact that we can we can move on from that now, you were you were never going to get, I think, to where Villa wanted to be, with a reputation of being a one man club. You even had Liverpool, who struggled to win, sort of, well, never won the Premier League yeah. uh, with Steven Gerrard there. Um, so I, I think this was. Uh, as as much as you pain it pains you to even think it, this was probably always going to happen at some point. Um, and now it's time to time to crack on. Do you know, what I mean, we we've got yeah. better, we've got far better squad depth now than we did. I, I think our second eleven, I personally, think I, it would probably stay in the Premier League. And when you're looking, when you're in that sort of shape, that's when you know you're heading in the right direction. I think when you've got players, uh, it's tough because even even I am like, how how are we going to fit all these players into the team? Yeah. But when you've got players where you're thinking he has to start and he's not certain to start, that's when you're doing well. That's when you're doing very well. That's when the message becomes clear that you mean business, I think. So if you sign a Danny Ings and maybe he doesn't start every game, that's that's a statement from a club like Villa, from a club from where we've come from over the last few years, the progress is remarkable, like genuinely remarkable, in my opinion. Um, Just like I said, just looking back 18 months to the position we were in and now there'll still be fans who say there's certain players in the team that aren't good enough to take us to the next level. Maybe, maybe, but I would say most teams that we are competing with have players most fans of those sort of teams you like your arsenals your evertons your west ham's your Leeds. they've all got players where they think oh we could do better there i don't think you're ever going to have an 11 where it's like we're set i don't i don't think that's a mm. good thing you want you want to be able to improve you know what i mean um in a realistic way so i think the fact that we've we've signed these players and it's difficult to know who's going to start as much as it's almost tormenting to the brain you're just like i don't know how this is going to work <laughs> Um, it's a good thing, like there's there's rotation there and there will be injuries, so so yeah, I'm really really intrigued to see how we line up at the start of the season. Whether we get a new friendly in place, I don't know, hopefully, yeah. we will. Yeah. Um, but really intrigued. I think he's almost, um, Dean Smith is almost done a slight favor by the fact that there's a couple that maybe aren't 100%, maybe haven't trained, so, so he'll the decisions will be made almost for him initially. And then he's got that time with the squad to sort of work out what he wants to do almost. Um, so yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's very, very exciting.
0: I think a key point for me in particular was thinking about the space in, in, and I know you lose the, the character and the ability, but also the space. And I was thinking, you know, you've got Carney Chukwemeka coming through. You've got Aaron Ramsey and Jacob Ramsey. And, and also you got Brighton and Louis Barry, He might be off on, on a low move by the time this po- podcast comes out. You've got a lot of players who could have looked at that left position. You've got a lot of players who could have looked at that central midfielder as a 10. And Jack Grealish took those spots. And those spots would yeah. never, It was it's never going to be available. And really? if you're a Jacob Ramsey and Aaron Ramsey, a Chukwemeka, you, you, you want to be the guy you know you just don't want to be oh I'll oh, oh, be very happy being the substitute player for Aston Villa and yeah. you know essentially cleaning Jack Grealish's boots you want to be the Jack Grealish and there was no there was no pathway there for those yeah. players and look mm-hmm. you, you can make the argument might, might be more box to box and Ramsey, the Jack Ramsey especially more box to box Louis Barry can, can fill on the other wing if he wants to play up front um, Aaron Ramsey can be a 10. He doesn't have to be on the wing. You, you know, you, you can make those arguments, but the, the truth is that there was a spot less there the, for the talent coming through and the opportunities there to release, unlock a lot of talent at Villa. So I don't know what your kind of outlook is on, on these youth talents,
1: but it feels like there's been a lot of possibility now for the at Aston Villa. Yeah, I think, I think the important one now is obviously there's a lot of call cool and even myself, I'd, I'd probably still argue that we do need a midfielder. We do need a central midfielder, mm. but certainly not in any of those players' mould. Um, I think we need a strong, uh, as much as anything, just a physical presence. So yeah, I'd love some height. in there. <laughs> <laughs> We can't be having three, five foot six players in, in the midfield. It's going to be tough. Um so yeah, that will be really interesting to see if they do get another midfielder. If they don't, like you say, while they're not the same sort of player, it does give the likes of Chuck and Ramsey in particular that kick to be like, Okay, yeah, we've got a chance here. We'll get we'll get chances in the cups and we can we can see that pathway. Like you say, if you can't see the pathway, that's when you get disillusioned, I think, as a as a youth footballer, he says as if he's a youth footballer. But, um, <laughs> yeah, if you can't see that pathway, it becomes more difficult. Um, so it will be interesting to see if they do if they do make a sign in there. I think they should, a defensive midfielder. I'd love to see Sander Berger, personally. I mm. um, think he's the sort of profile that we need. But if it doesn't, and you're then relying on Dougie and John McGinn maybe to be a bit more defensive, I think that's been talked about quite a lot that uh, John McGinn is being asked to be more of a, more of a six moving forward than an eight, maybe Um, then. Yeah. It's certainly, there's a space, there's space there. Like you say, even in the squad, because at the moment the squad is so strong that you're struggling to even get a youngster or two on the bench, uh, which I think people always like to see don't they They always like to, even if they don't get on just the the prospect of, Oh, we could see Chuck Mameka today. Um, is a nice thing for Villa yeah. fan, for any, for any fan. So, I'm torn on it. Like I would like to see those players get a chance. It's it's, it's difficult. Um like I said, Jacob Ramsey's probably already there. He's already in Dean Smith's mind. Um and then Chukwueka I think is the one. I think he's the obvious one who's just just stands out uh for so many reasons. Um such a, such an exciting prospect. The most exciting I think in the in the Villa Academy and since Grealish probably. Um, so he's, he's one I'd love to see more this season, but at the same time, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. We're, we're spending a lot of money. So, yeah. So yeah, we, we can't expect these players to suddenly be,
0: you know, 2021 20, Jack Grealish and fill that slot in a side, where it be the left or as a 10. But I think one player who stands out that Villa have just signed, that like, could carry a lot of the burden it is Emmy Buendia, and I think a statement was made today, sort of 6th of August, where you know the, the guy who was wearing number 10s just walked out the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Without fanfare, Emi Buendia's got it straight on his back. Mm-hmm. And look, it's not a number you retire. You're not no. going to retire many numbers mm-hmm. at the Villa because you, yeah. there is such a high standard to be a legend yeah. because of what we've achieved in the past. But look, Emi has come straight out the door with the 10 on He's shot-creating actions and stuff when he was in the, the Norwich side that failed to make an impact in the Premier League. It stands alone that this guy could hold most of that weight. I don't know if you agree, mine.
1: Yeah, I think in terms of vision uh, and in terms of his sort of weight of pass and the way he sees the game, I don't think there's a massive difference there. Um, I think he's that good in terms of his creativity and his and his vision. The key thing with Dia was always his link-up with Tamir Puki. Uh, and it requires a very intelligent striker. So that is, an, I would say, probably another string in sort of Watkins's bow and where we've already seen it in pre-season in that first half against Walsall, that you need those intelligent runs for, to get the best out of Emi Buendia. And he does a lot of his best work, not only from the middle of the pitch, but dropping in a little bit. You see yeah. a lot of, a lot of his assists are through balls from the halfway line. It's it's a trait of his game that you and he did it in the Premier League as well. He got seven assists, it's a decent tally. Uh, he just really struggled to find the net in the Premier League for one reason or another. He's obviously bounced back and got confidence with hatfuls uh, in yeah. the Championship, different league. But I think that experience of the Premier League will certainly help him. The way he's gone away and then improved again, I think he's in a great place to attack this Premier League. And I think, like I said, he's he's the one I'm excited about. I think he's I think he's class. What he doesn't have that Grealish has is the ability to carry the ball. That basically nobody has, in my opinion, because it's not even it's not Grealish's sort of pace. And it, although he is quick, he's not like a dribbler per se. But the, just the way he moves is very, very unique. They've obviously gone a different route um, with Leon Bailey, who's who's rapid, rapid, and got a lot of skill. So they've replaced his dribbling, but it's not in the same way. If that makes sense um and so they've gone for the dribbling of bailey basically and the the creativity of of buendia and then you've got danny Ings in the mix who i'm not sure he really compensates for too much of jack Grealish's abilities other other than maybe his intelligence he's a very intelligent player he's a good link-up player so maybe that's what they've looked at there um so yeah yeah the the one for me and and it always has been since we signed him emmy buendia i I was buzzing when we signed him. I think, I think he's he's got a big, big season ahead of him. Um, I don't think we should put too much pressure on him. Um, and at least now he does. That's the thing. Like These players that come in, it's not all about them. So they don't have to yeah. light it up straight away because there's options there now, which is another important thing, really. Uh, and that's probably most pertinent to Leon Bailey because he's the one who's coming into a new league. And he's the one that's a bit more of a wild card. I'd say he's a bit, he's not overly consistent, but when he's on it, he's such a handful. He's he's so quick, so direct, very, very good. And he's improved technically in terms of his decision-making last season. So yeah, he, he's the one where it's like, we need to give him a little bit of time. And I think they will. I don't think he'll start the first game personally. I'd be surprised if he did. Um, so, yeah, but, but yeah, Buendia is the one I'm really excited about. Danny Ings is the one that I'm most intrigued about. Okay. Just it, it's, that's the one that throws you tactically, isn't it? That's the one that's like, mm. Mm, okay, are we playing a three? Could he play a two? I only ever played a two at front twice, like you say, so it looks unlikely, but Ings can, he can drop off. He's not a 10. I don't think we can say that he's a 10. Um, and that he could, maybe could, I could be proven wrong, but I'd be surprised if he played as a 10. He can play as a support striker for sure. I think that's arguably where he's best. And somebody made a comment to me, and I'm not claiming it as my own, but I can't remember, (laughs) I can't say who it was, um, just on Twitter, that it'd be interesting to see if they're trying to do something similar to what Tottenham do with Kane and Son, um, with um, Ings and Watkins. Because basically... Son plays off the left, but he's a, he's almost a central striker. He pops up in the middle that much. So that might be what they're sort of looking to do a little bit with those two. Um, sounds good, doesn't it? Whether it works. <laughs> so
0: the, the, that's actually really good that you brought that because the reference that was made in the last podcast, and I don't mm-hmm. think Danja clipped this together, is Josh Williams said, Well, you got a Bergkamp and a, an Omri. So, <laughs> like, so okay. you know,
1: yeah.
0: you got that foil and, and the, the, yeah. the dynamism. So it's. It
1: works. It, the, uh, if that comes a, true, by right, hmm. you know, buzzing. As a partnership, it work. Like I, I see it on paper. As I see it as a partnership, I see it working. It's just whether Dean Smith sees it, um, and whether he's willing to change that much to move to that system because he's never liked it. He's never fancied it. Even within games, he's very, very mm. rarely changed the two up top. How many times have we seen Keenan and Davis come on on the wing? When yeah. He, you're clearly like he's a target man. You, you'd have thought he'd go straight up top, and you just crowd the box. Doesn't even do it mid games, so it is difficult to see. Again, nice to have the option, but I just keep talking myself round in circles as to what we're going to do. Um But yeah, I, I think another thing, another reason I th- I see the sort of four three three as being probably the starting choice um is that I don't see Bailey as a winger. I really see him as a wide forward. Um, okay, Doesn't really do a lot defensively, probably less than Grealish in that respect. Um, so I see him as a as a, as a w- wide forward in a three rather than a winger in a 4-2-3-1. And certainly rather than a, a winger in a 4-2, four, four, for example. I, I don't see that. I don't think that works. Uh, he'd have to change his game a little bit, and I don't think that's what you want. I don't think... He, he's a flair player, and he's been signed to do that. So I don't think there'll be a lot of work going into him to sort of turn him into a, a, a more of a midfielder. So yeah, that's why I see it. I see a four-three-three personally. I think, think. Dean Swift says it. It, it, it doesn't. He rarely changes. But
0: again, the options are there. I think the most intriguing thing are the options. But I want to to know from you, Martin. Of this new era, I think we're speaking kind of on the fringes of this new era because. We don't know what happens with the friendly on um on Saturday as of recording mm-hmm. the first game of the season it isn't long away at all. It's very, very close. Mm-hmm. So I just want to get your early prediction of who who will be the, the, the man to watch for Villa next season of the exi- you know, whole, whole squad considered the mm. new talents and new signings. You know, we can't speak about who could come in. Um, I think we'll finish when we speak about you know who who you would want to see come in. But the existing squad, who who's the guy to watch
1: then? Not necessarily in terms of I think he's going to have this amazing season, but I think it's a really important season for Douglas Luiz, personally. Okay, Just because he's been patchy. Uh, If we see the Douglas Luiz that started last season, he looks like one of the best, like, holding midfielders in the league. Um, But at times, he just looks a bit anonymous. Um, So I think he's one of the most interesting players in the squad. If you were looking at a sellable asset, I think you look at Douglas Luiz first as one who can make the club some more money. And look, people will say we don't need the money. I I get it, but it's a business. You still sell players and and sign players. You don't just sign, sign, sign. So he's a player that I'm not sure Dean Smith is wholly convinced about. I think he's in the current squad. If they don't sign anyone, he starts. Um but it would be interesting to see because that's what people are saying they need we need to sign a defensive midfielder, so I guess they're saying we need an improvement on Louise, maybe not McGinn. some people might say McGinn um but so th- that's why I think he's a, it's a massive season for him. If he can string together a good season like over the entirety, not not be amazing week in week out, but not have these sort of fluctuations of form that he's had since he's been at the club. Mm-hmm. And he's still a massive, massive player to Aston Villa. I think when he was playing that well at the start of last season, he was the one player I was worried, and everyone was worried, was just like, oh, he's going back to Man City, isn't he? He's the, Fernandinho's off and Douglas Suiz is just going to go back. Maybe the fact that his form actually dipped, prevented that, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I think he's, he's the one I think he's got a, a big season, a, a point to prove, I think. So one to watch in that respect. Uh, in another respect, I'd like lo- I'd, lo- I'd love to see Chuck Marmeka get some games. I think it's another big season for Esri Konsa. Can he continue to kick on? I think I do think he sort of dipped a little bit towards the end of last season. Had a great season overall, but I do think he sort of wavered a little bit because uh, first what twenty twenty five games I thought he was outstanding, like just so so consistent. So I think he's got a point to prove because there's players now that have. Gone ahead of him in the pecking order for England as well. If you look at like Ben White, he's obviously made a massive, massive move this summer, and he's got the likes of Ben Godfrey as well. And they're all very similar ages, so there's a big season for Ezri Konza to prove that I should be in that in that reckoning. Um, so I, I hope he has a has a massive season as well. Out of the sort of existing squad, those are the ones I'd pick out probably. So yeah, I think
0: as as we close then because it is it is an exciting time to be a Villa fan no matter no matter what has occurred in the last few days because we've had the shocks on the things we've had the you know the tantalizing little kind of breadcrumbs of your links to Camp Weller and I think that, that there was a few and Tammy Abraham as well was, was an exciting link and you had mm-hmm. Deer and Ashley Young come in and then Leon Bailey so it has been overall a decent summer no matter what has happened and I, I find it very hard to be to challenge that, that opinion, um, but it, it's not over yet, which is probably the most exciting thing. Like there, there could be you know a few more signings. A name bandied around was Todd Campbell, who you mentioned that you you probably might not go for. Um, the reason I will go for him is because he just he, he probably isn't the immediate Jack Grealish replacement, but I think he's essentially the Jack Grealish like cosplayer. If you know what I mean, he's like yeah. someone you can put in there, and you squint and. It's all normal essentially <laughs> until you really focus. But yeah. on the other hand, I was thinking about this as well. A lot of people write him off in the same way that Jack Grealish had it. You know, a lot of you, know, you don't have to go far to find Villa fans who wanted him bunged off to Middlesbrough. I um, mean, in exchange for Jordan Rhodes, <laughs> not so long ago, actually, I think four seasons ago. So mm-hmm. a long time in football, but not in not in a, not in our in, in our recent memory. It's still <laughs> fairly fresh, uh, yeah. considering all we've been through. But Todd Cantwell. I mean, there's there's value for money that's been wasted, and you know, there's better, there's definitely better options. But I think Villa buy the personality as well, and and mm-hmm. the the work ethic that might be there, and what they see. Yeah. Um, that's why you get your Danny Ings instead mm-hmm. of you maybe your Adam Armstrong for a little bit cheaper. It probably could have an eventually a higher ceiling, but that's why you you kind of go for that immediate option. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm open to the discussion, Martin, and, and what you've got to think about that link.
1: Yeah, no, I'd, t- I'd take him a hundred percent. I and I think what you say is important. I think he's got an arrogance about him. Uh, he's just got a, a bit about him, basically. There's not, yeah. not you can't really put it that any better than that. He's just he's got a swagger. He's, I thought the way that he came into the Premier League, he'd obviously played most of the season before in the Championship, but that was sort of his breakthrough season. And there wasn't anyone who was really like. He was a top prospect at Norwich, don't get me wrong, they regarded him highly, but there wasn't anybody else really in the country who was like, oh, we need to watch out for this kid. So the way that he took to the Premier League with that level of confidence um, was very, very impressive. It, even there's been videos, he, he was in the penalty shootout against Tottenham that Norwich won in the cup and he's walking up and he's doing like oopy-uppies <laughs> and then he's shushing the crowd and stuff. It's like, that's a... You, special type of player in terms of mentality to have that level of confidence. And that's what Grealish obviously had. So I like him in that sense. He's got a swagger about him. I think where he could be a good signing as well is maybe he's the sort of player who wouldn't necessarily kick off if he wasn't playing every game. I think they might I, he'd expect to play, but he's still young. So he might be sort of more accepting of the fact that he's, He's signed for now, but he's also very much one for the future. So yeah, I'd I'd be definitely be pleased with the signing. The one thing that would concern me is I think Norwich would be asking for a similar fee as what they got for Buendia. Uh and I don't I just don't think they're I think that Emmy Buendia's levels above technically. Um and, and Cantwell's a very good player technically, but I think Emmy Buendia's output is that much better. But that would concern me. I know he's younger than Buendia and he's English and those two things are both important. Um, but I think it, it would if we'd signed him before or if it was for a lower fee, it would s- smack of desperation a bit less. And I don't my view now is that we just, we don't need to be desperate in that position. So if we went and, and signed Campbell for 35, 40 million, to me that looks a bit panicky. Um, because, like you say, there is probably better value out there. If you, I know they're looking at players that have Premier League experience, but if you look abroad, there's, there's players with a similar of a similar calibre. I'd look at scored as one of those who's relatively similar to Cantwell. I think very confident mm. player, similar build, but he's just proven himself on a massive stage at the Euros. So I would I would have thought that he's um, sort of he he would. Ca- uh, carry a higher fee, but it doesn't seem to be the case. They seem to have, have a pretty similar fee. So if you were telling me, oh, which one of those two would you prefer? Probably go with Dam Scord personally. Um, whether that deal is possible, I don't know. But he's a, he's a player that I would like, but possibly not at the fee that's been suggested.
0: Is there kind of like a name then you'd pick out. Uh, I mean, we could speak about Axel Transaby, because it's a loan deal. I don't feel like. mm mm-hmm. There, there's that much to kind of go on because we know what he brings. We know where he, he would potentially play. But he's a uh, likely incoming as well, based on all, all that you've heard on a, on a loan deal. And uh, of course he'll sign a, an extension at Man United as a result of that loan deal. But mm-hmm. I just wanted to know if there was like, a name that you could pick off the top of your head as someone that Villa should go for to kind of headline, not headline this new year, because we've got some high profile signings already and I can't see us making a bigger signing and what, yeah, what's come for the door because I've been pretty pretty Hollywood as far as that's concerned but just a mm-hmm. name to kind of kind of cap off we've got the 100 million we're spending we're ambitious we're moving on here's the final signing of the summer
1: Yeah I said it a little bit earlier I would be looking at Sander Berger I really would I just think he's he's strong defensively he's massive and he just drives with the ball he just it, it, he had a sort of difficult season and the, and the worry would be injury concerns Uh, because he had a a bad injury last season. But the talent is there, and I think he's the sort of profile that we need personally. And he's a good... I think he's 23, probably available for somewhere around 20 million, which is a fair price, a good price. Um, So that's one that just springs out to me. That's just like, why has nobody done that already? I know Arsenal have been sort of linked in a sort of... I think they've been linked in a double swoop with Ramsdale, which confuses the hell out of me. But... um, Bergers one, and the other one that I like the sound of that it's more Villa fans who are sort of suggesting it rather than any sort of real links would be Basuma as well. Okay, uh, uh, Brighton in a similar mould, just very very strong defensively, good with the ball. Uh, he's played under under Potter, who I really like. He's, he plays the game the right way, um, so he I definitely take him. Um, another player who's been linked with Arsenal as well, but I think those two players are gettable. Um assume it would probably cost more but maybe it's a bit more proven in the Premier League so either of those two I'd be, we're done in my opinion, with Twanzaby as the sort of extra, I think that's it for me, get Twanzaby and that's done even though that deal confuses me a little bit, I'm not going to (laughs) lie but um, we need a fourth centre-back not that he'd be fourth choice but we need a a number four we need four centre-backs and yeah, the the central like midfield. I know James Wood Prowse is is the name that's been linked. I just there there are things that I think he'd, he'd be great. Uh, like, but they're mainly mental attributes yeah. technical attributes. Obviously, the set pieces is massive um, and, a, and a huge huge asset to any club. But you don't sign a player for that amount of money because of set pieces. His leadership is the big one. I think it would be important. It would be a a big plus. But I don't value... uh, A lot of people saw the £25 million bid for um, Ward-Prowse as the I came away with it just thinking, what's he worth then? I don't don't know what he's worth. To my mind, he's not a £40 million player. He's he's extremely reliable, and that's great. That's exactly what you want from a central midfielder. You want reliable. But is he ever more than a 6 or 7 out of 10... Very rare. Is he ever more less than a 5 out of 10? Very rare. But I don't think you pay somewhere close to £40 million for that. At, at, in is he 25, 26? He's not really young. He's a good age. Um, so, like, he's a player I would like. But, again, it's one of those where I personally saw the £25 million bid. I'm not surprised it was rejected. But I thought, I don't I didn't think that was an undermining price in any way, personally. So I would rather go for... A burger or a Basuma for that sort of price. Probably, probably looking a little bit more for Basuma, pers- I, I, I would imagine. But I'd rather go for those two. Bit younger, bit more defensive. I think that's what we need. Bit more physical. Um, so yeah, that, that's where I would look. I doubt the club are listening, but yeah, if they if they want it, <laughs> my two cents. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Because
0: actually, you Bob, Josh, Josh, now the club, the yeah, party yeah. line on the head. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you, you got it, mate. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to thank you very much for coming on It's a very, very positive chat. And uh, on a final note, then, where, where can people find you, Martin, to kind of bug you about your
1: opinions and uh, give you a lot of love? Hopefully. Well, yeah, just find me at who, who scored a lot of the time. I'm the head of content there. Um, who scored, which is a football one of the largest football statistics websites. If you're unaware of it, um, so yeah, you find me there. Right for the. Guardian and sky every now and again through through them then find me on Twitter Martin Lawrence seven I think it's down on the screen so yeah my, my opinions aren't always that that popular there so uh, I wouldn't necessarily endorse that but go for it if you <laughs> yeah I would love to give you get, get your little,
0: little bit more love for your uh, your expertise so yeah thank you very much for coming on Martin and uh, up the villa mate Yeah, up the villa thanks,
1: thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to AVFC Extra, an additional dose of Aston Villa content for you, brought to you by the Claret and Blue podcast team. If you enjoyed the episode, please do get in touch with us, get involved in the comment sections, tweet us at ClaretBluePod, or leave us a review on iTunes. We really do appreciate it. We'll catch you again very soon with some more content. Until then, up the
0: villa.